Hi, everybody. This is your host, Albert Hardy, for Bible Prophecy Radio. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com. I don't have anything for sale on the website. So you can feel free to go there. I'm not after your email or any of that. I don't want anything from you. I just want to share faith and help it grow in you. Today I want to read Isaiah 13, at least parts of it, and also along with it, Isaiah chapter 24 and 34, and then 35, because it's not all bad news. It's not all about gloom and doom, and it's not all about destruction and death. You know, there is coming a better day afterward. It's not like God's going to waft people off to heaven like we would evaporate off of a lake and turn into a cloud or something. No, 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 no. No, God has great plans for this earth yet, and it is not going to go completely down, and everybody is not going to die, just most people. But anyway, let's find out what the gist of these verses are. So I'm going to start in Isaiah 13, and starting in verse 4. Hear the noise on the mountains. Listen as the vast armies march. It is the noise and the shouting of many nations. The Lord of heaven's armies has called together his army. They come from distant countries and from beyond the farthest horizons. They are the Lord's weapons to carry out his anger. With them he will destroy the whole land. Scream in terror, for the day of the Lord has arrived, the time of the Almighty coming to destroy. Every arm is paralyzed with fear, and people are terrified. Pangs of anguish grip them like a woman in labor. Sounds pretty dire to me. They look helplessly at one another, and their faces are aflame with fear. For see, the day of the Lord is coming the terrible day of his fury and fierce anger. The land will be made desolate and all the sinners destroyed with it. The heavens will be black above them. The stars will give no light. The sun will be dark when it rises and the moon will provide no light. I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and humble the pride of the mighty. I will make people scarcer than gold, more rare than the fine gold of Ophir. The, the gold there, by the way, is rarer than any other kind of gold on earth and is most precious. It is pure. Verse 13, chapter 13, Isaiah. For I will shake the heavens, the earth will move from its place. When the Lord of heaven's armies displays his wrath in the fierce day of his anger, in the day of his fierce anger, everyone in Babylon will run about like a hunted gazelle, like sheep without a shepherd. They will try to find their own people, flee to their own land, 
Anyone who is captured will be cut down, run through with a sword. Their little children will be dashed to death before their eyes. Their homes will be sacked and their wives will be raped. Look, I will stir up the Medes, that's Iran, against Babylon, which is Saudi Arabia and neighboring countries. They cannot be tempted by silver or gold. They will not be bribed. The attacking armies will shoot down the young men with arrows. They will have no mercy with helpless babies, and they will show no compassion for children. Wow. But listen to what God does to them. Babylon, the most glorious of kingdoms, verse 19. The flower of the Chaldean pride will be devastated like Sodom and Gomorrah when God destroyed them. Babylon will never be inhabited again. It will remain empty. For generation after generation, nomads will refuse to camp there. The shepherds will not bed down there. Desert animals will move into the ruined city, and the houses will be haunted by howling creatures. To save time, let's drop down to 22. Hyenas will howl in its fortresses, and jackals will make dens in its luxurious palaces. Babylon's days are numbered. Its time of destruction will soon arrive. I want to remind you of verse 10 and how it relates to many other scriptures. The Verse 10, chapter 13, Isaiah reads like this, The heavens will be black above them, the stars will give no light, the sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will provide no light. That's Matthew twenty-four twenty-nine. if you ask me. Let's see what he says. This is the words of Jesus Christ himself. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then at last the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send out his angels, his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven, unquote. Now I want to go to Ezekiel chapter 32, verses 7 and 8. And what am I getting at here? I'm getting at showing throughout the Bible from very many different places, from the New Testament and Old, that there is coming a time of trouble that nobody seems to be talking about. And I think you, as a Christian, ought to know this. Or as someone who is concerned about the world and about the United States and what it's doing nowadays. And what about Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia and all the things happening to and around Israel? Well, we're going to see that. We're also going to see that it's not all bad news. We're going to read Isaiah 35 in this podcast. So hold on and don't give up just because we read a few dire verses. Chapter 32, Ezekiel. 
verse 7. When I blot you out, and he's talking to who? Well, let's just see. He's talking to the king of Egypt, in this case. Egypt is part, or was part, of Nebuchadnezzar's reign and rule. So, it's part of Babylon, really. But verse 7 says this, When I blot you out, I will veil the heavens and darken the stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will not give you its light. I will darken the stars, the bright stars overhead, and cover your land in darkness. I, the Lord, have spoken. In Revelation chapter 9 and verse 2, we find out what, how he's going to do it, really. How he's going to do it. Starting in verse 1, The fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to the earth from the sky, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. When he opened it, smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace, and the sunlight and the air turned dark from the smoke. And there's your answer. That's how it's all going to be done, how it's going to darken everywhere on the planet. Now let's imagine that a little bit. Let's, let's unpack it, if you will. This bottomless pit is located in Babylon, in that area. Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Israel, that whole area, even in Egypt, loaded with oil, and they're, they're going to have a big war over there, as we have seen and will see, that is going to result in these massive fires, because there's a bottomless pit of oil. It's not just one pit, it's multiple pits. When they explode bombs over that area, they're going to blow away the sand that's sitting on top of the oil. Do you know that some places in that area have been open to the atmosphere for thousands of years in other words, the oil is right there on the surface. It's bubbling up. I've seen pictures of it. You can go to the Brookings Institute website and find a picture of it. Wow. It's like, this is amazing. Americans don't seem to know anything about this. Well, I'm here to change that a little bit if I can. Now let's flip back to Isaiah chapter 24 and see how this matches. Verse 1, Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. That's scary. He devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people, priests and lay people, servants and masters, maidens and mistresses, Buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors, none will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. The earth dries up, it mourns, and the crops waste away and wither. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted God's instructions. 
Huh, know anybody that does that? I certainly do. For they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sin. Too bad they couldn't accept Jesus and have him be the one to have paid for their sins. But no, they don't want that. They want anything except him. Shame on them. They are destroyed by fire, and only a few are left alive. Unquote. Dropping down to verse 18, chapter 24, Isaiah. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap. Those who escape the trap will be caught in a snare. Destruction falls like rain from the heavens. The foundations of the earth shake. The earth is broken up. It has utterly collapsed. It's violently shaken. The earth staggers like a drunk. It trembles like a tent in a storm. It falls and will not rise again, for the guilt of its rebellion is very heavy. And that is, it won't rise like it was before. It just won't. And I'll show you why. And the reason is, the mountains will quake to the point where they fall into gravel and fill the valleys. The earth will not look like the same place when Christ lands here. So we'll see that. In that day, the Lord will punish the gods, the little g gods in the heavens, and the proud rulers of the nations of the earth. They will be rounded up and put in prison and shut up in prison and will finally be punished. Verse 23. Then the glory of the moon will wane, and the brightness of the sun will fade. For the Lord of heaven's armies will rule on Mount Zion. He will rule in great glory in Jerusalem, in the sight of all the leaders of his people. Unquote. Many of my listeners will know that I quote Isaiah 34 often. So I'm going to go there again, and just briefly... We're going to see a few things, and then we'll see if we can find any other scriptures to relate. Isaiah 34, chapter, or chapter 34, verse 1. Come here and listen, O nations of the earth. Let the world and everything in it hear my words. For the Lord is enraged against the nations. His fury is against all their armies. You mean like the army of the United States? Yes. He will completely destroy them, dooming them to slaughter. Their dead will be left unburied. The stench of rotting bodies will fill the land. The mountains will flow with their blood. The heaven above will melt away and disappear like a rolled-up scroll. And the stars will fall from the sky like a withered like withered leaves from a grapevine or shriveled figs from a fig tree. Now, where did we hear that before? We just heard that in Matthew 24, verse 29. When my, for, when my sword has finished its work in the heavens, it will fall upon Edom. Now, where's Edom? The Edomites settled in Saudi Arabia 
and that vicinity, also Iran and Iraq. But it will fall upon Edom, the nation I have marked for destruction. The sword of the Lord is drenched with blood, covered with fat, the fat of lambs and goats, the fat of rams prepared for sacrifice. Yes, the Lord will offer a sacrifice in Basra. Now, where's Basra? Well, it's a city in Iraq, but there are actually two of them in the Middle East. He will make a mighty slaughter in Edom. Even men as strong as wild oxen will die, the young men alongside the veterans. The land will be soaked with blood and the soil enriched with fat. Why? Well, verse 8 tells us, For it is the day of the Lord's revenge, the year when Edom will be paid back for all it did to Israel. The streams of Edom will be filled with burning pitch, and the ground will be covered with fire. This is the judgment that will fall on Edom, and it will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever. The land will lie deserted from generation to generation, and no one will live there any more. It will be haunted by desert owls and screech owls, the great owl and the raven, for God will carefully measure that land. He will measure it for chaos and destruction. It will be called the land of nothing, and all its nobles will soon be gone. Thorns will overrun its palaces. Nettles and thistles will grow in its forts. The ruins will become a haunt for jackals and a home for owls. Desert animals will mingle there with hyenas and howl, filling the night. Dropping down to verse 16. Search the book of the Lord and see what he will do. Not one of these birds and animals will be missing, and none will lack their mate. For the Lord has promised this. His Spirit will make it all come true. He has surveyed the land and divided it, deeded it over to these creatures. They will possess it forever from generation to generation. Now let's flip over to the 11th chapter of Isaiah and see if there's any good news on the horizon. Isaiah 11. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch, bearing fruit from the old root. Hum, could that be Jesus? Verse 2, And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. That's not this day, that's for sure. The leopard will lie down with a baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with a lion. And a little child will lead them all. Wow, you don't see that going on today, that's for sure. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. Sounds like they're friends. The lion will eat hay like a cow. 
that's not happening today. Lions don't eat anything like that. They eat meat. They don't have the digestive system, including the right teeth, to eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. What? Yes, a little child will put its hand into the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne, that's Jesus, will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him. The land where he lives will be a glorious place. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand the second time to bring back the remnant of his people, that's Israel, those who remain in Assyria and northern Egypt, in southern Egypt, Ethiopia and Elam, that's Iran, by the way, and Babylonia, that's Iraq and Saudi, Hamath and all the distant coastlands. He will raise a flag among the nations and assemble the exiles of Israel. He will gather the scattered people of Judah from the ends of the earth. All the Jews coming back to Israel? Yep. Then at last, the envy between Israel and Judah will end. They will not be rivals anymore. They will join forces to swoop down on Philistia to the west. That's Gaza. Together they will attack and plunder the nations to the east. They will occupy the lands of Edom and Moab, and Ammon will obey them. The Lord will make a dry path through the gulf of the Red Sea. He will wave his hand over the Euphrates River, sending a mighty wind to divide it into seven streams so it can easily be crossed on foot. He will make a highway for the remnant of his people, a remnant coming from Assyria, just as he did for Israel long ago when they returned from Egypt. Now that all sounds like pretty good stuff. The whole nature of the planet is changed. It is now a new world. It is a peaceful world where animals get along with one another. There's no such thing as a wild animal. Their whole spirit will be changed into one of love and one of peace. Sounds really good to me. I look forward to that day. And a little child can lead a lion around. Well, who's ever heard of that? Well, we need to hear more of this. This is good stuff. Now, chapter 35. Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and will blossom with spring crocuses. Can you imagine that? Hillsides everywhere covered with flowers. Yes, verse 2. There will be an abundance of flowers, and singing, and joy. Now that sounds really wonderful. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel, or the plain of Sharon. The Lord will display His glory, the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen the hands of those who are tired, and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear. 
For your God is coming to you to destroy your enemies. He's coming to save you. And we can take comfort from that, seems to me. Very much comfort. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind. Now, my wife is in the nursing home. She's been there 19 years. She's mostly blind. I look very much forward to the day when she can see again and walk again. She had a major stroke when she was only 48 years old, and I miss her dearly. I go see her uh, quite often. Today's one of those days. I hope to go see her this afternoon. But when he comes, he will open the eye of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams of water will fill the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool, and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where once desert jackals lived. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. You imagine that? A highway of holiness? Evil-minded people will never travel on it. That's because they won't be around. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beasts. Why? Well, because their nature will have changed by then. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. That sounds really good to me. And those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy and sorrow and mourning will disappear. And they will be filled with joy and gladness. Doesn't that sound great? Let's flip on back to the book of Revelation for a second. This is chapter 21, book of Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne, saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or sorrow, or crying, or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Read that in Genesis 1 and verse 1. To all who are thirsty, I will freely give from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. 
Wow. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, and those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and all liars will have their fate in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. That's one from which there is no resurrection. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came to me and said, Come with me, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the lofty city, the holy city of Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. Dropping down to verse 22 of uh, Revelation 21, I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city, all in their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day, because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. In chapter 22, verse 12, we read the words of Jesus, Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Wow. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message to the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright and morning star. Let anyone, verse 17, who hears this message say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires, drink freely from the water of life. I hope that's you and me and all that we love. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and you can read my books there, and you can print them for free. There's nothing for sale. I tell why dot com. And I hope you have a great and enjoyable day.